It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Chris. And I'm Hunter. And Hunter is sitting in today for Jill, who is off in the world still researching delicious cookie recipes. And Hunter is going to help us learn a little bit about the history and the science of a chocolate chocolate chip cookie. Now, we've had chocolate cookies in the past here on Cookie Lab, but they tended to be flat and chewy. Look at this cookie, Hunter. How would you describe it? It looks more um, mountainous than flat. Yes, globular. Globular. So, before we get into tasting the cookie, we're going to talk about the history of chocolate. We've talked about the history of chocolate in general here on Cookie Lab when we've done chocolate cookies in the past. But today, we're going to talk about the history of chocolate in the United States. And did you know, Hunter, that it started with... A Dorchester resident, mm. Dr. James Baker. That's a good name for a cookie person or a chocolate person. A baker. Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever heard of Baker's chocolate? No. No? No. Well, when you bake with chocolate, they it come... becomes baking chocolate. <laughs> Baker's chocolate. No, 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 no. There's a um there's a box of chocolate that we use cocoa powder and it's baker's. Mmm. So, thanks, Mr. Baker. Exactly. You should thank Mr. Baker. And one of the little known facts is that when uh, your mother and I first came to Boston, we came with a professor of mine, uh, Melanie, and we visited her father's shop, which was a hat making shop in Dorchester. Was his last name Hatter? <laughs> yes. Head. No. <laughs> it was Baron. But his shop was right next to the original Baker's Chocolate Factory. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So in the mid-1700s, chocolate was very popular in Europe. The first chocolate was brought here to the United States by Spanish explorers who had been to South America and gotten the chocolate, stole the chocolate from the Aztecs Mm. and indigenous people. But the story goes that... Mr. Baker, Dr. Baker, was walking along the streets of Dorchester and he came upon a man who was crying by the banks of a river. And being a very empathetic man, he went down to the bank of the river and asked the man why he was crying. Now, that would never happen today. You would just think that it was some mentally ill person and you should avoid them. (laughs) Or you would take a picture of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He went down and it turned out that this was an Irish immigrant who was unable to find a job as a chocolatier. He, in Ireland and England, he had been making chocolate. But when he moved here, nobody really cared about chocolate. Mm. And so Dr. Baker said, okay, I will set you up in a chocolate-making business. So why isn't the Irishman credited with all chocolate? He seems like the real chocolate man here. He does. Yes, John Hannon was his name, 
And from 1765 to 1779, he was responsible for making the chocolate for the Baker's Chocolate Factory. Mm. However, John Hannon mysteriously disappeared on a trip to the West Indies where he was trying to source chocolate. Mm. But the chocolate factory continued. Okay. And to this day, Baker's Chocolate is one of the most popular chocolates in the United States. Oh. Yeah. And there's a lot more to the history of the Baker's Chocolate. And if you want to know more, you can read the Baker's Chocolate Company, A Sweet History by Anthony M. Samarco. Samarco. Yeah. Book. It's a book, and you can read all about how it changed hands and the fighting over who owned it and yada, 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 yada. Mm. But today, really what we want to do is just eat cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we woke you up out of bed to eat a cookie. So we're going to taste this cookie. As we've said, the chocolate cookie in the past has been a chewy, chocolatey, small, not small, but um thinner cookie this is as you've called it a mountainous cookie a mountainous thick globular globular cookie it has butter butter and brown sugar no no white sugar we're trying to make it as globular as possible as thick as possible so it's got some baking soda in it as a leavening agent uh, and it's got an egg and there's something very special about the butter and the egg. Mm. Both of them were cold when we mixed it, which is unlike how we usually make cookies with room temperature butter and eggs. And what does that do for the cookie? We're going to talk about that in the science part. Okay, okay. Okay, so let's just taste this first. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's go. One bite. You know the rules. <laughs> By the way, this is the ASMR part of the. Mm. Cook it out. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thought? I like it. It's not too chocolatey. Oh, no? No, I don't think so. I think it has a mild chocolate taste. I taste the sugar. It's sweet. I don't think it's super. Like, I feel like it's kind of a grainy cookie, but in a good way. I think the graininess may be from the gluten-free flour that we use. Oh. And I forgot to put in our secret ingredient. Oh, okay. Which is milk powder. I didn't mean to offend you then with the graininess. Mm. It's a satisfying cookie. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's not too cakey. Mm-mm. It's not cakey. It just, you know, you look at it and because it's it's um, so tall, you think it might be a cakey cookie. It's like Levain. Oh, the yeah, it mm-hmm. is very much, but it's not as dry. Mm-hmm. It might be better. Well, it's chewier. Mm-hmm. It's chewier. Are most of your cookies that you make chewy? We like the chewy cookies. Mm. I brought chocolate chip cookies gluten-free to a work party, and my boss, French, said that they were good cookies, but not real cookies because they weren't crunchy. Oh, you mean like on the outside? No, like they weren't like a biscotti. Oh. So he doesn't consider them real cookies. Interesting. That must be a cultural difference in cookies. Yeah. Well, this recipe is from the website thesweetestmenu.com. 
so we have to give them full credit. I didn't change the recipe at all. Followed it to the T. Cold butter with brown sugar, and then you mix in a cold egg. So, from a science standpoint, this is really interesting. Because if I made this with room temperature butter and a room temperature egg, it would be a much flatter cookie. Is that because it just takes longer to heat it up in the oven? It would spread more. Mm. And this doesn't give it the time to spread as much. But there's more. Mm. You know a little bit about butter, and you were telling me before we recorded an interesting fact about emulsions butter is an emulsion yes can you tell the audience what an emulsion is an emulsion is a mixture of two substances one is suspended in the other but they're not supposed they they uh they repel each other they don't they don't dissolve they sometimes don't mix like oil and water you can make an emulsion of oil and water which but, is milk milk is a form of fat Yes. within water butter is a version of cream which has been whipped and whipped and whipped and whipped past the point of being whipped tell me what you were you were telling people about emulsions so emulsions are a good demonstration of a scientific experiment mm -hmm. you can do at home oh we love this and it is called the Tyndall effect. The Tyndall effect, named after Mill Millie Tyndall? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but if you make an emulsion, or you can observe this effect outside on a foggy day, oh. when the air is an emulsion with small liquid particles in the air. Okay. And if you notice outside when the sun shines through smoke or fog mm -hmm. you can see the light rays sure like in our house uh on a sunny day if the when sun... you burn the cookies and, yes and there's smoke in the air yeah, yeah. you can see the sunshine yes. sun shining through the smoke so that is the tyndall effect and if you have an emulsion that's a liquid like milk or melted butter and you have it in a tall, clear glass, and you shine a small light through it, you will be able to see the light ray. Whereas if you shine the light through water, yeah. the light will shine through, but you won't be able to see the ray in the water. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Wow. The Tyndall effect. The Tyndall effect. Well, everybody, I'm sure, will be shutting off Cookie Lab right now and running out yeah. and trying, trying to do the Tyndall effect. But butter and milk. Mm-hmm are like inverse emulsions. Tell me more. Milk is an emulsion of fat globules, again, mm -hmm. globule, in water. Yeah. Whereas when you whip fat, mm. or sorry, when you whip milk mm -hmm. into butter, mm -hmm. it becomes an emulsion of water in mm. fat. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. And so butter is like at max 33% water. So 70% of it is the fat. One of the things that we like to do when we bake is heat up that water and it forms bubbles and that forms the light airiness of the cookie. Also, when we're beating the, the, the butter, we beat it and beat it and yep. beat it with the sugar and we like to beat it a lot because that puts air into it. Mm. And when we 
add a cold egg to that, that creates a foam, more so than a room temperature egg. And the foam gives it a added structure and even more air. Here's another fun chemistry fact mm. for why cold things. Like think about if you put if you take a, a seltzer out of the fridge yes. versus a room temperature seltzer. The seltzer in the fridge is going to have it's gonna be more fizzy because gases will dissolve into liquids. Um, better at lower temperatures. Interesting. So, your foam may have even more gas in it in the liquid, in the in the water molecules, mm -hmm. not in the molecules, but in the water. Yeah, dissolved in the water. Than if you were using a warm or warm butter. Very good. And it's also going to create a flakier mm. cookie or crust. Whenever you make pie crust, you use cold butter, frozen butter and you grate it into your pie crust, and that um, creates a, a flakier crust. Makes it super scrum. Yeah, so this made this cold butter made it a little crispier, made it a little larger, and it really had a huge difference on this cookie. So mm. a successful cookie. We're sorry that Jill missed it, but um, I'm glad that you could join us here. And we've both eaten our cookies, so I can't say to you, Hunter, keep your paws off my cookie, because it's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and you can uh, feel free to enjoy the remaining cookies. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. And they're very easy to make, so you can make some yourself, too. Awesome. In, in your very small New York apartment. Yes, in my shoebox yes all right uh next week on cookie lab more delicious cookies hopefully jill will have returned and we will have something new and yummy to taste bye hunter bye thank you it's cookie lab